has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Come on, put your hands together like this. Is anybody thankful for the love of God this morning? Come on, sing this
shot today. Hallelujah. God, we're grateful for your love, your never-ending love, your unconditional love that keeps chasing after us. Even when we don't make the right decisions, even when we choose to go another way, his love, it keeps chasing after us. Is anybody glad about that this morning? The song says that he will leave the 99 and come after the one. Hallelujah, God, I'm so grateful for you this morning. I'm grateful for your love, oh God. Before I spoke a word, you were singing over me. Anybody else got that testimony? You've been so, so good to me. Before I took a breath, your life in me. Thank you, Jesus. You've been so, so kind to me. Deserve it, but still you give yourself away. Oh, the overwhelming, never ending, greatest love of God. Yeah. Come on, if you're thankful for the love of God this morning, just begin to lift your voice to Him and tell Him, Oh God, I'm grateful for your love. Thank you, Jesus. Come on and help us sing the second verse out. God, you're so good. Hallelujah. When I felt no worth, you paid it all for me. Yeah. You've been so kind. You've been so, so Kick down, line you won't tear down. 
going to take time right now to celebrate that love. And I don't know if you come from the little old Baptist church that I came to, but during communion time, it was almost a dreadful time because I was taught that I would have to think of all the sins I had done and repent of those sins so that I would not bring damnation to my soul, taking the communion elements as such a wretched worm as I. It wasn't a place for me to be sin conscious. The communion was an opportunity for me to accept an invitation. Now, I'm sure if I invited you to my house for dinner, you wouldn't stand on the porch and say, Well, you know, last week I was at the club, and then I just, and da, 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 da. you would just decide whether you'd want to come or whether you wouldn't. 
because no matter where you had been, that was not the topic of discussion. I invited you to dinner. So it's time for us to fellowship. God is inviting you to his table right now. You don't have to come with a sin consciousness of, oh, what a wretched worm am I. We're celebrating his covering all of that through going to the cross. And so we're going to have the team put the scripture up. I'm very excited that uh, God loves us so much. In 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, in verse 23, it says, For I receive from the Lord that which I also deliver to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, it wasn't when he went down the list of all the bad things. It says, and when he had given thanks, he took it, and he said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Look at that invitation of grace, that overwhelming love. On the night that he was betrayed, he had such purpose and vision for you and I that he had the human strength to say, let's eat together. Let's give thanks. I don't know about you. Somebody betrayed me. We might have to have a little meeting. We got to talk about it. Like, come on now. You, we gonna lead it. We gonna set our gift on the altar and go and handle a few things. But that's why I am not Jesus. And that's why this love, this celebration that we're about to partake in, is so special for us. He says, "Do this in remembrance of me, not in remembrance of you." This is a time for us to say, oh, God, thank you. And if you don't know him yet, this is a time for you to say, oh, God, thank you, because he has you here in this moment to reveal himself to you in such a unique way. It says in verse 25, in the same manner, he also took the cup after the supper, saying, this is the cup, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me, not in condemnation. So before we take and eat, I want us to just say a prayer of thanksgiving. If you could repeat after me, say, oh, gracious God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this moment, this opportunity to remember your great love for me. Thank you for having me as such a priority that you would go to the cross, that you would rise up, that you would speak to me, that you would love me in spite of me and give me hope and a future in you. Oh God, I remember your goodness and your faithfulness for every mountain and for every valley. For this I give you praise. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All righty, so let's do this together. The word communion means common union. That means that we have come together united around a central cause or theme, and today that is the Lord Jesus. And so as we remember him, I ask that you just take your wafer and let's just break it 
and remember his broken body for us and let us eat together. And now you may open your element. And we take this to remember the goodness of God, the shed blood and water for us in this moment. So wherever you are as we're taking this communion, what you are saying is, Lord, I remember your goodness. I remember your love. I remember in this moment that healing is available to me. I remember right now that forgiveness is available to me. I remember in this moment that provision is available to me. And it's not because of me. It is because of you. Let us drink together. Oh, God, we say thank you. Oh, Lord Jesus, we say thank you. We remember your goodness. And we're not just going to remember it. Lord, we choose to take it one step further and to receive it and to walk this week out knowing that we are loved, that we are cherished, that we belong to somebody, that Jesus loved us so much that he would stay focused and finish his purpose on the earth. Oh, Jesus, we remember you and we thank you. It is in your precious name we pray. Amen. Let us continue to worship together. All right, you may be seated in the house of the Lord. Thank you, Pastor Wendy, for leading us in communion this morning. Thank you, Converge Worship, for reminding us of the overwhelming, awesome, reckless love of God that chases us down and pursues us. You know, the scripture declares that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Uh, Pastor Wendy led us through communion, and it was a, uh, a poignant reminder of the finished work of the cross, that Jesus' blood was shed and his body was broken on our behalf. But remember what Revelation said, it's twofold. We overcome not only by the blood of the Lamb, but also by the word of our testimony. Uh, so the worship team was going to come back, but I really felt in my heart this was a, a fantastic opportunity to celebrate uh, a victory that God has given a family here in our church. And to give you a little bit of context, uh, back in late 2022, I was in prayer and I felt the Lord impress upon my heart uh, that there were people in our church uh, that had some urgent needs. And as a demonstration and an act and, a, and as an expression of our faith, we asked people that Sunday morning to write their, down their prayer requests, to seal them in an envelope, and to nail them to that cross. Over the last few months, we've been trusting God uh, to answer those prayers. In fact, during our 21 days of prayer and fasting, uh, there was a lady who was here uh, for the last week, the last seven days of our prayer and fasting, uh, who shared that God had answered her prayer. So during that time, I think it was Monday night, the first night of our corporate prayer, uh, we got to celebrate that answered prayer. And she took her prayer request off the cross. As you can see, we still have several more prayers that we're trusting God to answer. Here's the good news. If you were here last week, uh, Trey reminded us that the same God that answered Zacharias and Elizabeth over several decades is the same God that answered Aaron overnight. And is the same God that answered Tabitha immediately. Same God. Same God. And so even though there's some needs that have been there for a few months, man, we want to celebrate what God is doing now and the prayers that he has already answered. Amen? Because we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and, and the word of our testimony. I'm going to invite 
uh, our second, our second family that have experienced an answer to prayer. And listen to me, if you're still trusting God to answer, uh, uh, stay in faith, amen? Uh, in the fullness of time, God will surely, surely answer your prayers. One of the things we say here at Converge Church is that the promise of God, the fulfillment of the promise of God may not be immediate, but it is inevitable. It will surely come to pass. So, so this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. We're going to celebrate as Brian and Cassie White come to share their testimony. Brian, Cassie, why don't you come? Grab that microphone. But before you do, before you do, all right, we're all going to watch you. We're all going to watch you. Walk that way, and you're going to take your prayer request off that cross. Come on, somebody. Amen. Amen and amen. Listen, we asked everybody, because they were all white envelopes, we asked everybody, listen, make sure you mark your envelope so you know exactly which one is yours. Amen. And, uh, and so yesterday I got to chat with Brian a little bit, and he shared that, uh, that their prayer had been answered. And uh, so he's looking for it. Uh, that's what he said. Yeah, 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 yeah. All righty. Amen. I love it. He found it. All right, come on down, Brian and Cassie. I didn't want to steal your thunder. I wanted for you to share uh, what's on your envelope and the prayer that God has answered for you and your family. Grab this other mic so you guys will both have a mic. We all love how, you know how much I love to be on this thing. Are you on? Is it on? It's on. Okay. And here's the second mic. There you go. All right. So yesterday, uh, I called Brian about a totally unrelated matter. And uh, in the middle of our conversation, he shared that God had answered their prayer. And so, Brian, tell us a little bit about what God's done in your life over the last, uh, well, I don't want to steal your thunder. But tell us what, uh, what you were trusting God for. Where should I start? <laughs> well, we were trusting him to sell our home, which we listed back in June. Um, timing, not ideal, uh, based on what's going on in the marketplace. Um, and now, can we back up a little bit? Yeah, sure. Sorry for stealing your thunder. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but you live in a neighborhood, right, where, where people are putting their homes on the market. Yeah. And, and, I mean, they were, it was just popping and locking, right? And then you guys put your home on the market, and uh, it's totally different than what had happened for everyone else. Yeah, literally our neighbor had listed their home and sold it for 100000 over asking in one day. And then one month later, mm -hmm. we list, and nothing. Like crickets for months and months and months. Mm -hmm. We did 42 open houses. It was looking bleak. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it just to add, we it was we built this home like five years ago. It's a nice home. It wasn't yeah. like <laughs> there was no good reason this was happening. Yeah. There is a good reason. And I say, right, obviously there's a good reason, but it didn't make sense right. to the realtor, to like anyone. It didn't make sense. Wow. So exciting. Yeah. And over that time period we saw I think six houses in the neighborhood sell during this time of waiting and trying to figure out what was in store for us and why we were going through what we were going through. Yeah. And you guys weren't, there was no interest in the home or pe there was interest and then people would, all what was happening? I think there was a long, stuff. a yeah. long sort of dry season there for you guys, right? Yeah. Is that right? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
We don't have any great answers for that. You don't there have any great answers for that. There was definitely a long drag season. Yeah. For sure. How long total? Seven, June to seven months. We seven just closed months. last week. Just closed last Record-breaking week. Record-breaking time for the house to be on, like in a bad way. Yeah. Record-breaking as far as how long, how long especially in the market. Right. It's weird. And so you guys wrote on, what did you write on your envelope? It is done. It is done. Amen. So this morning we get to celebrate the fact that it is done for Brian and Cassie. And just as God has answered their prayer, God will answer your prayers. And we'll get to celebrate these miracles one at a time, these answered prayers. Because it's not always about what God does for us. Often the miracle is really what he's doing in us while we wait. Amen. That was that we don't know a lot of why, but we know for sure as we were listening to all the sermons and all the things that were going on, like it was totally maybe not about us. We do believe it was about the buyer that ended up buying is a whole story in itself. Yeah. But the through us and I mean it was a very challenging, a lot of questions. Yeah. Did we even need to be building the home that we're building, that we're moving out of this home for? Like so many questions. So yeah. it wasn't like it happened and done. Now there is a lot of a lot of work through us during that season. We had this apartment, by the way, we live in and had at the time, thinking we were going to move out right away. Right. That we we're paying for on the side. Yeah. So financially, we're like, what? Did you're we paying your up? mortgage and you're paying rent. Did, did we hear the house. call? Like, yeah. are lots of questioning, lots yeah. of challenge. That it was totally about that and what we came out as as a relationship, financially and being really strict with that like everything that we went through through it um wouldn't have been done if it just sold overnight amen it was for your good for his glory yeah. come on let's show our love one more time for brian and cassie now was there something y'all wanted to do with the there wasn't okay i think i made that up in my mind let's show our love one more time for brian and cassie thank you guys so much for sharing your testimony we appreciate you andrea why don't you come and give us our live news <laughs> Thank you, Cassie. That was still on? Okay, cool. Alrighty, well, switching gears. <laughs> if it's your first time here, welcome. Um, as you see, we're doing community together, um, and we're happy that you decided to join us um, and be here with us this morning. So if it's your first time, welcome. We want to say hey to our online community, our Converge Nation. So thank you for joining us as well. Excuse me as I barely have a voice. <laughs> um, if it is your first time, though, please, or if we missed you last week, we met a couple um, that had been last week, and if it was your first time and you haven't yet, stop by the Connection Center. We have a gift for you. We'd love to say welcome and get your name and just get to know you. Um, also, Follow us on social media. It's how you're going to stay connected with what's going on here, the latest and greatest on our events, which we'll go through a few of those. Um, but make sure to follow us on social at We Are Converge, at We Are Converge. Uh, make sure to follow us. And also, if you are a student or have a student or know a student, middle school, high school, um, the second and fourth Sundays, they're meeting in the rail. They have a great time, right? Whoop. They have a great time, it's growing. Um, it's a community that they're not getting, um, maybe in their school or in their own neighborhood. They're going deep and they're getting to learn about Jesus back there. So please bring them, invite them. Um, and what else did I have? Oh, our V groups. If you did not know, we are having some called Bible study, we'll call Bible community. 
I love how Andrea described it last week. Um, we, we come here, we stand side by side, but in our V groups, we do life facing in each other. In well, in circles, yes. Face to face, side by side, but side by side. Is face to face. That's how we get close. So yes. come join us. I heard the men had a great time yesterday. <laughs> so Fight Club is Saturdays, 8 a.m. We heard it was awesome and a great kickstart to our V groups. Wednesdays at 7, Wednesday nights 7, the ladies will be meeting, so please come join us. Um, we'd love to get to know those of you who haven't been part of our groups before um, better, but also if you have, you know how life-changing they can be, so please come out uh, this Wednesday at 7. Thank you, Cassie. We also want to make you aware of uh, Next Steps. It's today. So if, thank you, yes, yes, we are growing. As Pastor Ray says, ready, set, here we grow. We are growing. If you have been visiting and you want to know more about what we do here at Converge, why we do what we do, our vision, our culture, our DNA, Next Steps is that new membership class for those of you that are considering journey, joining. We have had some families set up, but we ordered a little more. So, for those of you that are here today and you didn't RSVP, you didn't sign up, please feel free to join us over in the rail. There is room for you so that you can learn more about us here at Converge in your journey to consider membership. We also want to make you aware that on Sunday, February 26th, it is going to be Water Baptism Sunday. We have had several first-time decisions for Christ and that is amazing because then you are in the family, you are a born again believer. But also, if you have been a believer for a while, but you've never publicly professed your faith through Jesus or in Jesus, baptism by immersion, this is also for you. We don't want you to feel left out. So we have a QR code that should be on the screen. You can scan that QR code, fill out that information, and then we'll get to you all the details in preparation for Sunday, February, February 26th. But we want to celebrate this important faith milestone with you and your family. So sign up, register, and Baptism Sunday is on Sunday, February 26th. The next person that you guys will hear from is Pastor Jesse, who is coming for the Blessed Life segment. Thank you guys so much. Good morning. Good morning and good morning. Thank you so much for coming. How many know that he's worthy? Come on, help me out. He's worthy. Come on, somebody. He is worthy. The Bible teaches us that we are to honor God with everything that we own, that we ought to give him our very best. Are you here to give God your best this morning? The Bible teaches us that we're to have a good heart when we give, to purpose in our heart to give cheerfully, to be excited about giving unto the Lord. And so we want to give you that opportunity today to give unto the Lord today, to bring your very best and to give it to the Lord. If you need an envelope, please raise your hand and the ushers will get you an envelope. You can give that way if you want to this morning. You can also give by texting 77977. You can also give by downloading our app, our Converge app, and you can give by clicking on the icon at the bottom. You can also give at weareconverge.com, and you can also give on Zelle, and you can give with Cash App. And so we want to make sure that you have the opportunity to give your cheerful gift unto the Lord this morning. Thank you so much. We're excited. I'm excited. 
pastor's excited. I prayed for him, so he better, he, he better, I better make sure, he better make sure my prayer got answered. He better preach the word down this morning. Amen. Preach it, him and his wife. Thank you so much. Father, let's bow our heads and let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning and we praise your precious name. God, you have been so good to us. God, you have given us increase in so many ways. And God, we just want to say thank you. God, thank you. God, thank you. God, thank you. Oh, God, we thank you this morning. Let there be thanksgiving in your heart right now. Just, just, just put your mind on giving thanks to the Lord. God, we thank you in this prayer. How you have blessed us. How you have kept us. How you have walked with us. God, you walked with us yesterday. You're going to walk with us today. And God, we're believing you're going to walk with us tomorrow. And God, we here at Converge Church... God, we turn our hearts and our minds over to you that we can do our part to fulfill what you are doing here in this church. And so we believe, God, that you're going to help us to provide the resources that are necessary. God, we're not going to worry about it. We're going to put it in your hands and trust. And so today, almighty God, we receive the tithes and offerings in the name of your son, Jesus. Let us all say together, amen. Thank you so much. for this relationship series today. Come on, y'all could do a little better than that, right? So this one is going to go out to all of the married couples in the house. If you're a married couple, just wave your hand a little bit. This one for y'all. Y'all singles, we, you know, the Lord, the Lord is kind. Here we go. <laughs> you don't know, baby, when you hold me and kiss me slowly, it's the sweetest thing. Yeah. And it don't change if I had it my way. You would know that you are. You're the coffee that I need in the morning. You're my sunshine in the rain when it's pouring. Won't you give this stuff to me? Give it all. I just want to see, I just want to see how beautiful you are. You know that I see it, I know you're a star. Where you go, I follow, no matter how far. If life is a movie, you're the best part. Oh. The best part, oh, best part is the sunrise and those brown eyes, yeah, you're the one that I desire, and when I wake up and I feel your touch, it makes me feel so nice. You're my water when I'm stuck in the desert. You're the talent I'll take when my head hurts. Yeah. You're the sunshine of my life. I just want. 
something. If you love me, won't you? <laughs> yeah. If you love me, won't you say something? If you love me, won't you? Let me just see. I snap like this. If you love me, won't you say something? If you love me, won't you? If you love me, won't you say something? If you love me, won't you love me, won't you? If you love me, won't you say something? If you love me, won't you? If you love me, won't you say something? If you love me, won't you love me, won't you? Yeah, I just wanna see how beautiful you are. You know that I. Good morning again, everybody. If that last segment tapped your Baptist bone, yes, we are that church. <laughs> we are. We think and we believe that if you're going to get the truth, yeah. it should be led by the church. Absolutely. And so there is nothing about our presentation that is a desire to be irreverent right. or carnal or common with the Lord. If you are single and you just emotionally said, nope, I'm checking out, stay with us. Yeah, yeah. Stay with us, stay with us. A lot of what we treat, 
teach by the grace of my husband's anointing is transferable. And so if you are single, we don't have time to get into it, but uh, Pastor Ray is my great do-over. I was married. Uh, he is my second marriage. We'll talk about that at another time. And so uh, even us standing up and dancing, it wasn't to burn anybody's hearts. We've been married. It'll be 23 years, March 3rd. But 18 months into our marriage, I told him, you might have been born in Liberia, but dude, you will die in America. <laughs> and, and I meant it. I meant it from the bottom of my feet. I meant it full of the Holy Ghost and fire. It was not full of the Holy Ghost, but I was full of some fire. So when you see us doing things, we live in the restoration grace of God over our marriage. We are, when you see us together, we are, if, if it had not been for the Lord, were a couple, it would be us. Yeah. And so as we go into this relationship series, we don't want you to check out if you are single. We have plenty of tissue. I know what it's like. There was seven years from my divorce until I met Pastor Ray, and public shame came with that. If you are a young person, the greatest lesson in marriage I learned when I was 14 years old. I grew up at Mount Olive Missionary Baptist Church in Ypsilanti, Michigan, and there were some missionaries that had come through. And I was 14 years old just taking notes so I could stay out of trouble because I know you won't believe it, but I do really talk a lot. And my mother had threatened me. You know how black mamas give you that evil eye like you will die today? <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to get the evil eye or be on punishment. I wanted to watch MTV. And so I was just taking notes, and that missionary told women, Women, when you cook and clean and do things for your husband, don't do it for him. He'll never be enough. Because it will be, your doing for him will be on the condition of he's doing everything you want to do. She said, when you cook and you clean and you submit and you present well, do it because you love Jesus. And I learned that at 14 years old, I wrote it on the back of our blue program. So I'm encouraging you not to check out. I want you to know we're not making fun or rubbing in or anything like that. But there's some healing that needs to take place. Because of what God has brought us through, I believe that we have a special grace for that out of the depths and despair. Hmm. If you only knew. If you only knew. So when I'm jumping up in my Air Force Ones and I'm saying, let's be excited about the Lord. When I'm fighting not to remember that I don't deserve to even stand on this platform. It is not because we're trying to hype you up. It is because Jesus is that good. And he's no respecter of persons. So as we go through this relationships journey, we just want you to hold on. Some of y'all might be white-knuckling it through in yeah. this moment. Yeah. 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 Just hold on. God being God, yeah. there is more. There is more. If you have given up, I want you to dust off your hope. Dust off your hope. He sees you. Yes, he does. And God being God, you will not leave out empty.
So we're just going to get started. It was feeling, uh, I think we've broken through. We were praying. It, it just seemed a little off a little bit, but we have the authority through Jesus Christ to command the atmosphere. So yes, I think we have shifted this morning. It just seemed like it was just a little like mm, something, something's not right, and there's a heaviness, and it's understandable. But we just prepare the atmosphere for the word of God to go forth. Ray and Wendy Harmon, decrease that the name of Jesus be lifted up. Lord Jesus, you said that if we lifted up your name, you would draw all men. So draw your people's hearts. Draw their expectations. Lord Jesus, draw their hope in you. Satan, the blood of Jesus be against you. You are a liar and a thief. And we denounce every work, every hindrance, every whispered lie that there is not more. It's always going to be this way. And Lord, we loose the power of your Holy Spirit through your word. We loose the power of healing. We loose the power of forgiveness. We loose the power of hope restored in the name of Jesus. Would you bathe us with your grace as we present your word? It is in the precious name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Pastor Wendy. Amen. Um, For setting the tone uh, for uh, the series, which will will communicate over the next six weeks or so. It's one of the things that Pastor Wendy and I are extremely passionate about, and not because we've done everything well or everything right but because we've made so many mistakes along the way. See, the truth is marriage might be made in heaven, but it must be maintained on earth. In fact, here's another truth that we discovered, that marriage is not just a seamless union of two souls. It is more accurately described as the collision of two histories. Because when a man and a woman come together, they come with their experiences, their exposures, And they come with expectations. So it's not just a seamless union. And that was our experience. We had to work through a lot of differences. But over the last 20 plus years that I've been in full-time vocational ministry, I have done dozens, if not hundreds, of weddings. And sometimes the the, the bride and groom might choose to write their vows. But when the, the couple chooses something more traditional... Uh, one of the vows that we go to is the vow to navigate life's ups and downs, not just for better, but even for worse. Not just in the good times, but also in the difficult times. And so over the next several weeks, uh, Pastor Wendy and I, you'll hear bits and pieces of our story. Uh, What she said is absolutely accurate. She did tell me, and she meant every word of it. Rehoboam, you may have been born in Liberia, but bruh, you about to die in America. Listen, one of the defining moments in our marriage, check this out, one of the defining, uh, we, we were probably about, um, maybe it was around that same 18 month uh, sort of span we had been married. Uh, for most couples that, that you're still honeymooning and everything's still lovey-dovey, that wasn't our testimony. Uh, 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 it, it, <laughs> Uh, come on, Jesus. Yeah. Help your brother out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 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 so here it is. Uh, uh, we got home from church and uh, Sunday afternoon football. Uh, Pastor Wendy was making Sunday dinner. 
And right in the middle of making Sunday dinner, the Cowboys were playing. I think there were about two minutes left in the game, y'all. Pastor Wendy walks from the kitchen. And she posts up between me and the TV. <laughs> With two minutes left in the game, and this is before TiVo yeah. and DVR, meaning I couldn't pause the game. I couldn't rewind the game. I was about to miss this moment. But this is what I knew. Whatever she had to say to me was that important. And these were her words to me. Ray, I know you love me. But I don't think you like me. And so I, here I am. God's man of faith and power. Bible school graduate. Got scripture memorized from Genesis to Revelation. And I don't even know how to love and honor my wife. And so when we, when we take time out every year, this has been a tradition for our church for years, in the month of February to talk about marriage, but not just about marriage, but also about relationships, and more specifically, relational intelligence and your relational quotient. Because everybody in this room has a relational intelligence score. Everybody in this room has a relational quotient. And what God wants us to do is learn how to elevate our relational quotient and our relational intelligence. The truth is, you and I can impress people with our successes. But we've discovered when you lead people, they will more readily identify with your struggles. So when you come to the Verge Church, we're not about impressing you. Because God will never bless who you pretend to be. And so, over the next several weeks, we will have authentic moments. And listen to me, as Pastor Wendy said, let me reiterate that, let me emphasize that. The principles we teach, because they are biblical, they are transferable. So regardless of your marital status currently, there's something that we will communicate that you can take forward if you're single, single again, married or barely married. I think God wants to speak to each of us as he spoke through John in the book of Revelation in chapter 3, where he says to John, strengthen what remains. And is about to die. Yes. Maybe, maybe those are the people that God wants to speak to this morning. And his word to you is strengthen what remains. If you're barely holding on, barely holding on by a thread. The Lord's word to you this morning is strengthen what remains and is about to die. Amen. And so this morning, we're going to give you five out of ten biblical principles that will help you strengthen what remains. If you're having an amazing marriage, maybe these principles are just for you to 
to hear and share Amen. with someone who might be going through a difficult season. But we trust that what we say today will bless and encourage you. So uh, 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 our anchor text uh, uh, for today's sermon is lifted from Luke chapter number 15. Uh, familiar passage of scripture, except this, uh, this movement or these three verses, it's verses 8, 9, and 10 of Luke 15, get the least treatment and the least attention whenever a pastor or a minister teaches from this chapter. Most of us in this room, in fact, we sang uh, from uh, this text earlier, Reckless Love. That entire song is inspired by the parable of the lost sheep. That God has a way of pursuing what is lost. We're familiar with the premise that God will leave the 99 to go after the one. And you've heard that passage preached countless times. On Father's Day, most pastors, most of my peers, at one time or another have preached from the latter part of Luke chapter 15, and they've taught the parable of the lost son or the parable of the prodigal son. We rarely give attention to the three verses tucked in between the parable of the lost sheep and the parable of the lost son. And that third parable that Jesus taught, which was one of the teaching methods of the rabbis, that they would take uh, uh, um, uh, metaphors and analogies that people understood in contemporary culture to communicate a deep and profound spiritual truth. He teaches this story, the parable of the lost coin. The parable of the lost coin. We're going to take uh, a few moments, a few moments that we have left to help you strengthen what remains and is about to die as we examine this story, the parable of the lost coin. Meet me, meet me in Luke chapter 15, verse number 8. It should be on the screen. If it's not on the screen, uh, you should have your Bible or your version app. All of my notes are on the version app, uh, so you can follow along there in version for those of you who are technologically savvy. These are the words of Jesus, and might I add that it was a teaching method of the rabbis if they were going to communicate a profound spiritual truth that they would employ repetition. They would teach the same principle, but they would say it three or more different ways to emphasize the principle. So Jesus is teaching the same principle. God loves you, and he is in hot pursuit of you, and he will pursue you because he is redemptive in everything that he does. He communicates that principle with the parable of the lost sheep. He communicates that principle with the parable of the lost son. And then thirdly, he is about to communicate that principle with the parable of the lost coin. Interestingly enough, as a master communicator, Jesus teaches the parable of the lost sheep with an emphasis for the men to hear because the men were the ones who were shepherds. He communicates the parable of the lost son again to the men because the men understood fatherhood and what it means for a son to go astray. 
And as a master communicator, he understands that in his audience are not just men who are following him. There are also women. And he uses an analogy that speaks to the entire crowd. But this one speaks specifically to the women because they can identify with what is happening in these three verses, even though it applies to both men and to women. Are you all tracking so far? So we're in verse number eight. And Jesus says, or, which is a conjunction connecting what what he said before to what he's about to say. And he says, or, what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully, diligently, meticulously, intentionally, deliberately. Y'all can tell I read the thesaurus last night when I was getting. <laughs> Until she finds it. Until she finds it. And when she has found it, verse number nine, she calls her friends and neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I have lost. Now, let me tell you what's going on in this story. It's not just about a woman who had a handful of coins and lost one of them. Uh, This metaphor speaks uh, specifically to women, but also to men, because... In Bible times, as part of the dowry, a woman would receive a garland. It was a headdress that had 10 coins. Each coin was a drachma, which is equivalent. A drachma was a Greek unit, a monetary unit, which was equivalent to a Roman denarius. Uh, Each coin, each drachma represented a day's wages for an agricultural laborer. So if you worked in the fields, your wage for that day of work would be one drachma. For the families that were uh, disadvantaged financially, typically the bride would receive this headband with 10 coins, which represented 10 days of work, a significant amount for a family of Humble means. It would be equivalent to what we call a wedding band today. And so on special occasions, the wife would pull out this headdress with the ten coins, this garland of ten coins, ten drachma, and she would put it on. What was also true in Roman culture is if she couldn't find that headdress or she couldn't find the coins in the headdress, she was considered reckless and irresponsible. Hmm. It's almost the equivalent of a husband losing his wedding band in Vegas. (laughs) Tell the truth. (laughs) Just putting it out there. Are y'all with me? So the first thing we see in the text, are y'all with me? Yes. Is, number one, the recognition that something is lost. Mm. Mm. Front row caught it. Yeah. I have sat across couples, across from couples, 
where one spouse was on their way to divorce court and the other spouse was oblivious. I had no idea you felt that way. I had no idea things were this bad. And the thing about the woman in this story is, first and foremost, she recognized something was lost. Listen to me. Not just that something was lost, but something valuable of infinite worth was lost. May I submit to you that the truth is not everybody is oblivious to the condition of their relationship. Sometimes they're just in denial. No, this message is for you this morning if you're oblivious or if you're in denial. This message is also for you if you're too ashamed to admit that something in my relationship is lost. And so today, we're going to help you look inward and come to a place of recognition and identify and admit. If that is the case, that something's lost, man. We started with 10 coins. But now there's only nine. Not only do we find the woman's recognition that something is lost, she responds to this recognition with urgency. She doesn't put it off till the next day. She doesn't put it off till next week. She makes it a priority. And notice her first action. Notice what she does first. Oh, man, I lost this coin. Uh, can we read the text again? Hmm? Notice what she does. Turns on the lights. She shines a light in the house because in Palestine, the houses had very small windows with very poor lighting. And she said, if I'm going to find this coin, coin, the first thing that has to happen, the first imperative is I've got to shine some light on it. You don't find lost things in the dark. That's right. That's right. Are y'all listening to me this morning? Yes. Second, she sweeps the entire house. Mm -hmm. And then it says she searches carefully, meticulously. I don't know if y'all got teenage kids in your house. But have you ever sent your kids to a part of the house where you left something? And you tell them, go look in the master bedroom on the nightstand right next to the lamp. It's right there. And then after five minutes, they don't even come back to you. You got to yell their name. Levi! <laughs> Did you find what I sent you to look for? Yeah, my dad, I look everywhere. I didn't see it. And then you walk into the room with them. You go exactly where you told them to look. 
and it's sitting right there. Uh, this woman was different, though, because she searched carefully. Notice what it says, until she found it. May I submit to you this morning that a person who wants to find something will find a way. Amen. A person who doesn't want to find it will make an excuse. Right, right, right. And so this morning, what the Lord wants us to do, not in judgment or condemnation, in love. He's saying to each of us, recognize that something is lost and then put some urgency into finding what is lost. With the time we have left, quickly, there's 10 coins, and Pastor Wendy and I believe that there are at least 10 things. It may be different for you in your marriage, in your relationship, in your friendships, but at least in our marriage, in our marriage, here are 10 coins that we believe every couple ought to guard and protect. And so that when one of these coins is missing, you can immediately identify it so that you can urgently, diligently, what did I say? Diligently search for it Mm -hmm. so that you can find it. Are y'all with me? Yes. Y'all ready? I'm going to start in a somewhat unusual place. Haggai chapter 5, 1 and verse 5 says it this way, consider your ways. Mm-hmm. Consider your ways. And that's where really the big idea of what we're doing over the next several weeks is give us an opportunity for introspection. Right. Consider your ways, meaning consider, I'm going to consider my ways. And my contribution to the loss of this coin. So, y'all listening to me? Okay, so here it is. Let me get you the first one. Let me get you the first one. And by the way, these are, they all start with a C. I think it's sometimes it makes it easier to remember. First coin that often goes missing in marriages, in relationships, is the coin of curiosity. You stop asking the questions you used to ask. You remember when you first met her or him? Even before you met them, you found everybody who knew them and asked them every question you could about them. What is he like? What is he not like? What is she like? What is she not like? What does she like to go? What are the things she enjoys? All of a sudden, over time, we have a tendency to stop doing what we used to do to stop asking what we used to ask. And we assume that the person that we married at the altar Mm -hmm. is still the same person 20 years later. And you have no idea how much they've grown. You have no idea how much they've changed. And we lose our curiosity about the people closest to us. Nowhere is this more evident than in conflict in marriage. Because you thought that she would respond one way or he would respond one way. All of a sudden, you start seeing new things pop up. And we never stop to ask, man, why did he respond that way? Why did she respond that way? 
Why does she feel that way about that thing? And she didn't feel that way about it before. Muhammad Ali famously said it this way, a man who sees life at age 50 the same way he saw life at age 20 has wasted 30 years of his life. And that's why when Wendy, Pastor Wendy and I do premarital counseling, we take couples through an exercise called the capacity question. And the capacity question is always, can you grow with me? Because if you're not growing together, you are growing. And the way we grow apart is we lose our curiosity about the other person. Because we stop asking questions. We Curiosity is simply defined as, a, listen to me, a strong desire to know or learn something. Mm-hmm. And over time, we lose our curiosity of and in our partner. Reminds me of the guy who said, his wife said, darling, do you love me? He said, babe, of course I love you. I told you I loved you on our wedding day, and if anything changes, I'm going to let you know. (laughs) He lost his curiosity. Because in his mind, if I told you I love you once, that should be enough. Yet the scripture says in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 7, baby, I know I'm, do you want to jump in? Yes, but I'm going to. Let me, let me give this to you I am here for you, my king. I got your back back here. Whatever you like. (laughs) (laughs) If you know, you know. (laughs) She is married to an African prince. Come on, somebody. Listen. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 7. This is what it says. Husbands, likewise. Dwell with them, meaning your wives, with what? Knowledge. Understanding. And knowledge. It puts the onus on us as, as husbands to never lose our curiosity about our spouse. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal. Let me give you the second one. We're going to deep dive. Let me just give you the overviews today because there's so much stuff I want to say that if I start to say what I want to say just on one of these points, we'll be here until, yeah. (laughs) Curiosity. Curiosity. We stop doing what we used to do. We stop asking questions. If I'm Adam in the Garden of Eden and my wife brings me something that God explicitly said, don't touch. It should immediately arouse my curiosity. I start asking questions. Because there's something going on with my wife, my spouse, whom I love, because now she's listening. Listen to me. She's listening to a third voice. I'm talking about how you lose the corner of curiosity. She's not listening to my voice as a husband. She's not listening to the voice of God because we both know explicitly what God said. Don't, he didn't even say don't eat it. He said don't touch it. Right. Mm-hmm. So if one day she comes home and says, hey, man, look what I got. I picked this off of the tree. Immediately my mind is like, who are you listening to? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
And the problem is when men lose their curiosity of their wives, it's usually an indication of something deeper. And that is their indifference. Right. Oh, I don't care. You do whatever you want to do. I'm going to do me. You can do you. And there are a lot of marriages that slip into that level of dysfunction because nah, we just go along for the ride. And what happens when a man becomes indifferent in his own house, it forces his wife to become what? Independent. Independent. And she starts to do stuff, not because she wants to be disrespectful or dishonoring, but because you don't care. And you, ain't, you won't even man up and do what you're supposed to do. The first thing that God told you is, is, is guard and protect the garden. God said that to Adam in Genesis chapter 2. If God says to somebody, hey, listen, I need you to, to, to guard this thing, protect it. Oh, he said guard it and till it. Guard it means to protect it. Till it means to cultivate it. Adam only had two jobs. If God is saying to you in Genesis chapter 2, Guard the garden. He's already telling you that there's an enemy out there that you haven't faced right. or encountered. Yes, that's good. Nobody tells you to protect something if there's not an adversary or a thief that is going to try to come mm -hmm. and disrupt the order of things. And instead of guarding and protecting his wife against the voice, the third voice, he abdicated his responsibility. And when men become indifferent with their responsibilities, it forces their wives to be independent. Ladies, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that y'all have had to carry some of the burdens of leading your home because you chose to marry an indifferent man. The house is out of order. Because of your indifference. And it forces your wife to lead the family because you won't man up. And the reason you won't man up is because you've lost your curiosity about what's happening in your house. Number two. Baby, can I just take this one? Can yes. I just take the... Yes. And I'll let you close it out. Please. I, I got to... No, I'm, I'm fine. I'm sensing something here on me, okay? So, so here it is. Number two, curiosity. Cur uh, not, not number two, communion. Communion. We talked about communion earlier. It says, therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother. And notice what it says. Be joined to his wife, and they shall become what? One flesh. One flesh. That's the math of the kingdom. That's the math of relationships. That's the math of marriage. It's, not, it's no longer yours and mine. Everything about your lives becomes ours. Mm -hmm. The two become one. The two become one. The first coin we lose is the coin of curiosity. The second coin that we lose is the coin of communion, where instead of two becoming one, what was once one becomes two. And you, you're under the same roof, living separate lives. And that's why I tell couples all the time, don't confuse proximity with intimacy. Because you can be in the same house, same room, same bed, side by side. You can have proximity 
without having intimacy. And I'm not even just talking about in a physical sense. Even though that's a part of it. Yeah. And, and, and so, so this is what most uh, marriages do. You can have two people win at life. Because the way they take life on is looking outward. So Pastor Wendy, come stand with me for a second. The way we pastor this church, hold my hands, is side by side, proximity, facing outward. That's how we lead this church. That's how we parent. We parent side by side, facing outward. But just because we're standing side by side does not mean that we have experienced intimacy. We have proximity. And you can win in life. You can do business together. You can do ministry together. But intimacy in marriage doesn't happen side by side. It happens face to face. Mm -hmm. And this is where marriage is unique. Because this is the only place where this happens. My, my question, it only happens when you turn inward. Yeah. My question is, maybe you've done a fantastic job of living and leading facing outward. When was the last time, though, you turned inward? Face to face. Into me, you see. No, that's intimacy. Mm -hmm. Into me, you see. Mm -hmm. we, can, we can fool the world living side by side. But true intimacy and communion happens face to face. It's the second coin we lose. And if you're in the room this morning and you'll be honest with yourself and say, you know what? We've lost the, the coin of curiosity. We've lost the coin of communion. Turn the lights on. Sweep the house. And look carefully until you find it. Pastor Wendy is masterful at it. I'm the polar opposite. If I look for a little bit and I can't find it, I'm like, it's going to show up eventually. <laughs> Click. What's on Netflix? He truly lives by faith. I do live. Yes. It's like, it's, it's going to show up. Pastor Wendy, though? Pastor Wendy is the woman in Luke 15. She will not rest until she finds it. Pastor Wendy, thank you so much. All right. Thank you so much. Can I, can I, maybe, maybe I'll just. I'm trying to figure out how to do this. Here, let me just say this, yes, and then you can be free. Okay. One thing that I don't want us to lose in this teaching, because when you hear teachings like this, you can look at your partner and say, mm-hmm, see, he right, done right. lost, he done, I've been trying mm -hmm. to tell him, get him, pastor. This is not that. Thank you, baby. Notice that she did not stand in the living room and flip the lights on and say, who done lost my coin? I had all them coins up in the closet, and I put them up there the last time, right. and they not there now. Y'all going to get up out the bed. Somebody going to help me find these coins. Right. She took responsibility. She did not place blame. Good. That's what we're moving you toward. So good. It is not how the coin got lost. Come on. The coin is lost 
let me find it. When you sent me the notes, I also, when it says that she turned on the light, I was like, oh, this is so good. Turn Especially, no, not that light. No, come back. Come into the light. Into, come on. Come on. Come, come, come oh, sorry, back, sorry, Pastor. Sorry. Come back. Come back. Come back. Man, I was about to hit up with the remix, I, I, I know. Baby. I know. With your red pants on. What? <laughs> Listen, we got on all of our Valentine's colors today. Pink, red. What's this? And Lavender? so, yes, it's yeah. yet today. Today. So, yeah. you made me lose it, and it was good. It's coming she back didn't to turn me. On, turn she on did. The she yeah. the, the light in this season of Bible study. We have the light of God's word so good. to illuminate itself in our hearts. Mm -hmm. I would even say that as you are dealing with yourself, it's so, you see, like right now, I can see you. I can't see me. Mm -hmm. So I can think you did and you didn't right. and you didn't and you should have. And I'm not taking personal responsibility. God calls each of us to a personal responsibility. Mm. Say, let's go to the extreme. Say if you have had a situation, infidelity in your marriage, and you can say, well, I didn't do it. They did it. They're mm. the one that stepped out on me. It's all their fault. That's true. Yet the hardest thing for us to deal with is our responsibility. Yeah. God yeah. forbid, if Pastor Ray stepped out on me and he remained alive as a consequence, uh, as an outfall of it, on, and I did not go to jail, orange don't really look that good oh, on man. me, and I don't like stripes. But anyway, if that were can, to can, ever can, happen. Can, can y'all tell we both like true crime TV? Yeah. <laughs> true crime will help you stay safe. But even if, say, God forbid, if that happens. God will deal with him. God will never judge me off of what Pastor Ray does to me. My judgment will come out of my response. Absolutely. Did I take it to the Lord? Did I seek wise counsel? Did I move out of the way so that the Lord could get to him? Now, see, if we, if we stick in our traditions, I don't know where y'all grew up in, but Ypsilanti, the women in my neighborhood, they would have flipped that light on, woke <laughs> up everybody in the house, got two or three neighbors, and said, Ray done lost that coin. I need y'all to help me to find. He's always losing something. And we get so lost in all of that. So One true. thing about this God we serve yeah. and the Holy Spirit, God is a gentleman. Mm. Yes, he is. And wives, when we are big mouth Bettys in the ear of our husbands, we don't leave any room for the Holy Spirit mm. to get to them. Right. Now, right. say, for instance, if Levi does something, he is beyond the age of getting a spanking. He's not beyond the age of me keeping a bat behind the, Christmas, the kitchen door. But, you know, we don't do that because when you teach them young, they don't give you trouble when you, right. well, by the grace because I haven't stopped living. Anyway, let me back. In, if, if Levi were to get in trouble, say if he were young enough to get a spanking, he did something at school, and I spanked him when he got home. Ten times out of ten when Pastor Ray comes home and I tell him, Levi did this at school and he got a spanking. Ray is not going to spank him again. And it doesn't mean it's indifferent. It's like, okay, he already got a spanking, so you spanked him. Translate that to situations with your husbands. Uh -oh. When you decide, I'm just going to tell him like it is. I ain't finna even put up with this. I got my own job. He want to be all out in here. And, he's just, and you just, I'm You leave absolutely no room 
for the Holy Spirit to deal with him. So Ask true. me how I know. You know, the hardest thing I learned in our marriage counseling after we had been married, the hardest thing I learned is that I needed to shut up. Mm. Mama. Because I'm doing all of that talking, and God is a gentleman. So because I wanted my way, God said, have it your way. And not one time when I've done it my way have I ever received the results wow. that I wanted. But when you lift your eyebrows up and say, okay, if you ever want your husband to just lose sleep at night, lift your eyebrows up and say, okay. And I mean, I mean, sincerely go in because he's like, well, what that, what's that mean? He like, you all raving, like, you all right? Because after I had rededicated my life to the Lord, it was like. Uh, she doing something different. Yeah, here's my favorite thing, though. When she says that, but here's my other favorite thing. When she mad at me and start cooking. Like, <laughs> are you going to taste it first? <laughs> but you know why I'm cooking? I'm just, Remember what I told saying. you what I learned when I was 14 years old? So when I'm mad and I start cooking and I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, it has nothing to do with him. Right. It's like, Jesus, I need you to see your girl so you can get your boy because I need you to help me stay safe because if he don't, he don't even know. When Pastor Ray said he wanted to pastor, I was like, okay, you can pastor. Here's the deal. You will never have to wait for the Channel 4 News. I will be the whistleblower. You ain't finna shame me and I'm walking around the world with leprosy because I'm all pent up and suffering in silence. Oh, no. I'm telling Telling him he did it and I'm gone where my kids. But thank God he don't have to, you know. I, husbands, we I'm fully submitted to my husband, and I can be all of this because he allows me to be all of this. Amen. Even with all of this strength, and I'm talking, there is nothing about the Harmon household that I run without my husband's permission. I don't run anything. My children, you can pull them to the side. They know that daddy gets the, lot, the last word. The, all this fire that I have in me, I'm joking right now, and all of it is true. This is how I speak. But you know what that fire is in me for? It is for prayer. See, when it's not, when I'm not praying, and I could just kind of go there. But this, 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 this thing I have is that is a prayer warrior, by the grace of God. It's not me. So that fire, I know what it's for. But back to the message, if you don't get anything out of it, and there's a lot you can get out of it, resist looking at the other person. I also want to say if you are single and you are dating somebody, you are not submitted to somebody that is not your husband Say or that one more wife. time for the ones in the back. If you are single yeah, and yeah. or shacking, Mama, that's let's, are we going to be grown or are we going to be grown? Because right. if you're going to do it, that, that, that we're going to talk about it. If you, and this is not unto condemnation, but I'm just saying it is an error for a woman of God to say she is submitted to a boyfriend. There are some things that membership does have its privileges. Yeah, if he ain't put yeah, a yeah, ring yeah. on it and he has not talked to your daddy or your uncle or come to your pastor, you don't be cooking no food for him at his house. You do not be doing his laundry. You don't be laying up in his place and letting him put his big old size 11s up under your kitchen table. That is an error. Come on. 
Come on, baby. We either will live in holiness. Now, if you're shacking up, I don't want you sleeping in your car tonight. You know, we can only do the best we know how to do with what we have to work Come with. On. And the church has been in error and has not addressed this stuff head on. Come on. That's why I'm married. I was too hot in the pants to be single. Let's just tell the truth. I was either going to live for God or go to hell. There was no in-between. So if you know on, that you know who you are, you got to do something about it in the name of Jesus. If you got a little fire shut up in your bosom, you're not supposed to be shed, setting bushes on fire all around the neighborhood. Come on. You ask God, God, I need you to help your girl stay saved. God, I, need, I really want to live for you, so I need you to send me somebody, and he will do it. Like we're joking about it, but we just sit and we're so complacent about what yeah. is holiness yeah. and yeah. what is godly. I want your life to be blessed. Yeah, yeah. And I never lived with a guy, but I do remember there was a gentleman that I was dating that was uh, a minister. And when I would challenge him, I would be like, hold up. You, you know, my, my fingers were bare. I was like, mm. but because I have all this fire and because my first husband left me, I thought, ooh, he's a godly man. I'm a godly woman. Let me learn how to submit. That's what the problem is. I was in error. Right, right. And there wasn't a godly woman around me in my decision to help me see that I was in error. Now, the Lord did send another godly woman. Young women, Bible study is not for the old women. In Titus it says, let the older teach the younger. We got so many skeletons in our closet, we could just build you a whole little village. But, <laughs> you know, <laughs> hey, but, we, but the Lord has allowed us to come. come yeah, clink, clink. We, the Lord has allowed us to come through, so don't think that Bible study is for the older women. But I have said all of that to yeah. say, stand up so I know it's my time to sit down, yeah. to say that yeah. as we are looking at these situations, it is not for me to look at, Ray, what you haven't done in all these years, and I can't believe it. It's for me to say, Lord, show me my response. Mm -hmm. Did I not submit my heart to you? God is a loving father. Mm -hmm. Ladies, he don't want us working, walking around with a broken heart. He doesn't. He but doesn't. when I decide I am not going to punish Ray, then I leave room for the Lord to deal with Ray mm -hmm. And for me to realign the covenant I made with God. See, when we were standing at that altar, it looked like I was speaking to God. I mean, it looked like I was speaking to Ray. When I said for better or for worse, Wendy, Sheila, Harmon, I made a commitment to the Lord. I had to be committed to God in such a way that it wasn't so easy for me to get my bags and go. So when trouble has come to us, what by God's grace, because I'm not that good, by God's grace, the Lord has shown me when I said for richer or for poorer, for better or for worse, I looked into Ray's eyes, but my heart was set on God. Yes. What I had learned from that first broken marriage is that if I don't trust God, I will not make it. And so when I made that commitment at the altar, it was like, God, I give, if I put my trust in you, you will be responsible to hold it together. It won't be Ray's responsibility, nor will it be my responsibility. So I said all of that to say, look at yourself. Awesome. Awesome. All right, so here's the deal. No, incredible. 
Here's the deal. You probably figured out by now, you're not going to get all five today. <laughs> At least we made it out of the intro. We did make it out of yes, the intro. Yes, yes, yes. We got to the second coin. Well, let me close out on the second coin, and then we'll let y'all go. All right? Can I have five minutes? Five minutes. Uh, oh, that just was ten minutes. Receive it and go. Yes, here it is. Communion. Uh, I'll tell you one of the things that gets in the way of, of communion, having that intimate uh, 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 connection, uh, where what once was one becomes two. Are y'all ready for this one? It really has to, it has to do with unresolved conflict. But really, the unresolved conflict has to do with our tendency to keep score. If you're going to have communion with your spouse, you all ready for this? You have to get rid of, here it is, your individual scorecards. Yes, amen. Because when you keep individual scorecards in marriage and in your relationships, what you have created is a competition. Mm -hmm. And one spouse tries to outdo the other. And competition in marriage breeds contempt. Mm -hmm. Contempt is when you live on low simmer. For those who cook in the house, you can put some oil in a pan and not know how hot that oil is until you drop a little salt or some onions in it. But that thing has been sitting on maybe four or five or six, and all it takes is just one thing in the pan for that oil to let you know how hot it is. There are relationships today where you can see that the coin of communion has been lost because you have two people under the same roof who have contempt for each other, resentment toward each other. They live constantly on low simmer because of their individual scorecards. And keeping an individual scorecard in marriage lowers your marriage to a tit-for-tat contest. Notice what Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 5 from the NLT. Do we have that? Yes. It says, love does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, low simmer, and it does what? It keeps no record of a suffered wrong. You know what real love, the biblical kind of love does? Two couples who want to get the coin of communion back, they tear up their individual school cards. For those of us who bring our competitive nature to the marriage and you insist on one-upping your spouse because you feel better about yourself if in your mind you win. May I submit to you that if one person in the marriage isn't winning, your marriage isn't winning. And this is where I close with one close. I'm going to volunteer uh, Brooks and Chastity. Because Brooks and Chastity are, are, you guys are athletic, but you're also coordinated. You know, got good coordination? You got good hand-eye coordination? Yeah, yeah, come on, come on, come on. 
This is why I want to close. Yeah, yeah, come on up. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Show some love while, while Brooks and Chastity come. And, uh, and, uh, and, and so, um, uh, in uh, competitive sports, you guys are going to go on their stage. Oh, you guys are matchy-matchy, too. I like that. Very nice. All right, so, so, so you're going to stand across from each other, right? Uh, stand across from each other. And, and maybe a little bit closer as we start the illustration. But, but here's the deal. Here's the deal. In, in ping pong, right, as in tennis, the objective, right, is to score a point. The objective is to score a point. So the way I win is I score a point against my opponent. Now notice the language I use. Because now they go from being your wife or your husband to being your opponent. And the objective of engaging an opponent is to score points on them. More points on them than they score on you. Are y'all with me? However, comma, there's a beach game that's really popular, especially in Hawaii, and it's called Smash Ball. There are a lot of different formats to Smash Ball, but one of the most common formats of Smash Ball, when it's just one-on-one, -on -one, is the goal, and let's see how y'all do. The goal is not to score a point on each other. The goal is to see how many continuous or consistent uh, uh, rallies or volleys you can have between each other. So here we go. Uh, you you, you see how, yeah, just back and forth, back and forth. Not Let's using the table? No, 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 just oh. between each other. Pinging and pinging. Okay. Hey, man, this is church, man. Come on now. You see, you see, I was trying to keep it G. You see what they, they kept? Oh, oh, my bad, my bad, my bad. Okay, here we go. So this is Smash Ball. Yeah, we'll, we'll, let, we'll cheat on the tape. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Okay. Well, beautiful. Now, you see the, the attitude of the exchange was, I'm going to volley this ball back in a way that the other person will be successful. Yes. My objective is not to hit the ball so they can't return it. Most of us have reduced our marriages to tennis and ping pong, where we are so competitive mm. that our goal is to one-up and good. score a point against our opponent. And we think whoever has the most points wins, but the truth is, if your spouse ain't winning, your marriage ain't winning, oh Lord, help us. you're losing. And what has happened is, in marriage, we have lost the coin, for some, the coin of curiosity, and for some of us, we've lost, lost the coin of communion. And the reason for it is we have reduced our marriages to competitions and scorekeeping. Yet the God kind of love, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 5, keeps no record of a suffered wrong. Father, we ask you now in Jesus' name to begin the work in us. Begin the work in us. Father, would you awaken curiosity in our hearts for our spouses again? Father, we would simply do our part, our part, to pursue like we once pursued, to ask the questions we once asked, to do the things we once did. 
until our curiosity was satisfied because, oh yeah, I know everything I need to know about him, whatever. But God, there's more. There's more about the people in our lives that we love that we have yet to discover, yet to appreciate, yet to celebrate. So God, for the ones in the room this morning who have lost the coin of curiosity, would you do a rest work of restoration? Would you do a work of restoration and create a new desire to learn, to know, and to be known? And the Lord, we also ask you for those of us who maybe have lost the coin of communion, where what was once one, it's really, it really looks like two lives, two separate lives just under the same roof in the same bed. And God, if the reason for that is our individual scorecards, where it's about scoring a point instead of the number of rallies and volleys that we can keep, keeping the ball in the air, God, would you help us today? For better or worse, not only when it's good, but even when it's bad, would you help us, as Pastor Wendy reminded us, of the vows that we made, not just to each other, but the vows and the commitments that we made when we cut covenant with you. Your word says a three-stranded cord is not easily broken. So it's one strand, the man, one strand, the woman, and the third and most important strand, or what should be the first strand, is you, God. Lord, would you be at the center of it all? Because a three-stranded cord, God in the middle, a husband and a wife, is not easily broken. Lord, we thank you for that now. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen and amen. Did I help anybody this morning? Awesome. Thank you so much, Brooks and Chastity. We appreciate you. Listen, we're just getting started. We've got five more weeks. In fact, I've got some friends that are going to be coming, that are going to be tag teaming with us later in the series. We encourage you, if you're new to Converge Church, hang out with us over the next several weeks. You'll learn a few things about us, who we are, our DNA, our culture, and uh, what God is doing uniquely here in our church. Uh, to that point, our Next Steps membership class is happening immediately after the service. So when you exit the building, I mean exit the room, just hang a left, and the ushers will be there to direct you to the rail. Uh, if you didn't sign up for Next Steps and you say, you know what, I'm already here, I wasn't planning to go, but I'm here, there's free food, there's no football, I'm just going to hang out with them. Why not, right? I'm just going to hang out with them for an hour, see what this church is all about. We invite you to join us. We should have more than enough. For those who did sign up, uh, again, I say ready, set, here we go. I think we've got uh, uh, about 30 people, like 25 adults and, and a few more people that signed up. But if you're here today and uh, you didn't plan on attending, we'd like to invite you to attend. All right. Uh, where's Jesse? Why don't you stand with us? Pastor Jesse, why don't you come? And bless us out. Um, for those of you who are first-time guests, we do want to shake your hand. We want to hug your neck. So Pastor Wendy and I will be at the Connection Center. Uh, you can meet us there. And then if you want to join us in the rail, please do. Uh, and uh, we'll see you there shortly. Pastor Jesse, why don't you come? Amen. We thank God for the message. Thank Pastor for yielding to the Lord and giving us a message to help us in our relationships. Relationships are tough. Uh, 
one of the biggest, hardest things it is for us to surrender uh, our own will and surrender our own way and, and bless somebody else. But that's what we get to do in our relationships. We pray today. Ah, just take a moment. Just think about how good God is. And just think about how he spoke to you today. If God spoke to you. Hold on to that nugget. Sometimes it's just a little sound bite. Whatever sound bite you receive today, hold on to it. Take it with you and go home and give God the opportunity to expound on it and help you to become who he wants you to be in our relationships. Father, we thank you today for a great message. You've been good to us. God, we've worshiped you. We've gathered together. We've received a great word. Now, Father, help us to hold on to that word that was deposited into us. And you direct us and show us how we may apply it in our relationships, regardless of us being married or single, moms or dads. There is a way for us to use what we heard today and bless your name as we live our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. impacted by today's worship experience would love to hear from you maybe today's sermon is exactly what you needed to hear or you prayed the prayer of salvation for the first time if so would love to send you information on how to kickstart your relationship with God or if you'd like information about how to join our virtual family email us at echurch at weareconvert.com if you'd like to partner with us financially you can do so online safely and securely at www.weareconverge.com forward slash give. You can also give via text. Simply text Converge Give and the dollar amount that you'd like to give to 77977. You can also find all of this information in our mobile app. Simply go to your app or play store, search for Converge Church Plano and download the app. It's that simple. Again, thank you so much for joining us for today's experience and we look forward to staying connected with you.